Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three! One, two, three! Huddle Huddle up! up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Dropping eight. Steps up. No. Loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards. Up in the air. It's on the ground. Still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Hello everyone, welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. We are live Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It is Tuesday night, January the 12th. No, January the 19th. I forgot to change the date on my notes. Uh, shows you how <laughs> how prepared I am tonight. No, uh, we are glad you are with us. Make sure you give the, uh, the video a like and a share. Get as many people in here as possible. We'd appreciate that. And uh, we are glad you can join us on another Tuesday night here as we... March towards the end of the football season. We'll talk, of course, about divisional weekend this past weekend. Look forward to championship weekend. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the first week that was in the National Hockey League. What was the same? What was different? Um, but uh, but of course, got to get my uh, my brother Sean in here. Sean, how are we doing this week? Oh, we're doing great, man. Uh, living large down here in Tampa. One one step closer to a Super Bowl down here. So uh, you know. No real, no real catchy catchphrases uh, on, on on the billboards. Just go Buccaneers. Uh, nothing really. Uh, not like raise up. I was going to say. Uh, I feel like they or, maybe they used ride up the, ride the lightning. They no, used up all like the clever stuff on on yeah, uh, the Buccaneers. The, I don't think anybody like. I think it takes a few years to like trademark things, and nobody saw this whole Brady shenanigans happening like a few years back. So it's just go Bucks. You know, there's no. 
feel like there's got to be something catchy pirate related in there. Um, but yeah, you know, just uh, just getting ready. I was doing my research for my uh, this week in uh, sports history, and and I got one, found one for tomorrow that that you might enjoy. Uh, you know, Notre Dame fans, it was um, actually tomorrow, the twentieth. Uh, back in 1950 was the NFL draft. Guess it happened a little sooner in the year back then. Uh, Notre Dameer Leon Hart was the first player selected in the 1950 NFL draft by the Detroit Lions. So there you go. So there you go. It was just a little tidbit. Nothing we need to use. Just you know, hey, you know, look back and remember Hart family. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner Leon Hart. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's uh, always a good. I always love like the oddball random stats, and we'll we'll talk about some stats uh, in a little bit after we after we talk about um the uh the the divisional weekend and and what that entailed especially uh for one Tom Brady everybody's everybody's favorite TB12 uh <clears throat> make it making a case once again for for arguably the best ever and I know uh that always is kind of one of these hot button things because people will say well you know if if Brady would have been hit the way that Montana and Marino and Kelly would have been hit but if, in the same light, if if Montana and Marino and those guys were playing against the caliber of athlete uh, that that is around today, would they have been as good? So, but uh, Tom Brady definitely, at least you know, making a case. Uh, but we'll we'll get to those stats. The, the, the first thing I want to uh, the first thing I want to touch on tonight, Sean, and it, and it goes to the uh, the AFC divisional game, Browns and Chiefs, uh, and it, it was of course the play where. Um, you know, the Browns hit the pass. The guy's going down. Uh, I think it was Higgins uh, was going down towards the, the end zone. Thank you, right. He stretches out. Boom. Big hit. Uh, we'll talk about the helmet to helmet portion of that as well. But of course, ball comes out, goes through the end zone. It is not only is it not a Browns touchdown, it is Chiefs ball because the rule, if you fumble through the end zone, uh, it is a change of possession and so many people are calling this the dumbest rule in sports which maybe this this is you know a a summertime topic uh when there's only baseball uh to discuss that that what what exactly is the dumbest rule in sports i don't know if this is the dumbest yeah yeah well to give, <laughs> give us some prep time let me dig deep and find that one out yeah, I, I I don't I don't know I I definitely don't know if this is the, if this is the dumbest rule in sports, but like let's, I doubt it. Let's let's dive into into this rule because uh, you know it got a lot of play, of course, this past weekend. Um, the the, the first my the first thought in my that, that comes to mind is when people start complaining about this rule because you see it every time this rule gets enforced is like yeah, whether it's a dumb rule or not, it's still a rule, so. If you know that, like it is a player's responsibility to take that into account and protect the ball when they are down and around the goal line. Like, don't put yourself in that. Now, it's easier said than done. You get all jacked up on adrenaline and Mountain Dew and all that. <laughs> you know that you 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 are trying to score. You know you're you're behind in the game uh, as the Browns were at this point. You're, you're trying to complete the upset. So it, it is. It is a challenging situation. I'm not saying it's easy to not try to score, but your primary your your primary thing to do 
is protect the football. If you're on offense, don't turn the ball over. I don't care if you're a running back, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, or if you're a lineman that ends up picking up a fumble. Your primary goal is to make sure the other team doesn't end up with the football. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a situation that used to come into play before, uh, you know, obviously it was tweaked several times as far as what is a catch, what isn't a catch, what is a fumble, what is a fumble, Des Bryant, Green Bay Packers, yada, yada, yada. And I used to always say, I'm like, you know, whether or not you agree with what a catch is, like, it's in the rule books, and your job is to catch balls within those rules. So I used to always tell people, I'm like, so as a wide receiver, like, it used to be, you know, you know, guys used to get flack. I know Donovan McNabb did for like, well, I didn't know that you could end in a tie. It's like, well, how do you not know that and play it professionally? And I used to say that about the catch. Like, well, I didn't know that that wasn't a catch or I didn't know I couldn't put the ball on the ground to, to just stand up or, you know, there's all these little things, you know, and I, and I used to say, like, just, just secure the ball. Go to the, like don't leave it up to question because it obviously is the, like this 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 gray area where where you don't know and I feel like this is kind of the same thing like you said it's 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 pretty simple that if it's in the rule books and you know because the the thing that nobody really talks about the only time this comes into play is when it's a going for the pylon and unfortunately the way the yeah. game goes is, is that's where a lot of people try to score is near the near the pylon because all you got to do is touch it sidelines or yeah it. it but, I mean, let's be serious. If he fumbles that, if he's in the middle of the field between the hash marks and it goes the exact same way, gets hit at the same point, and the ball goes forward, there's no Browns there to recover it anyway. And on this particular play, and I talked to you a little about it before the show, the the, the bigger issue I have for Higgins and for this particular moment, it's always bad when it happens in a playoff game. Because this happens, I mean, people talk about it during the regular season, but it's like, bing, bang, boom, let's get ready for next week. Like, this is one where there is no next week, and it just worked out that way. And, you know, if Pat Mahomes is in the game, does that score really matter? I don't know. But it did. And and to me, it's like, it it wasn't a short play. I feel like it would be a, I mean, I'm not going to go the other way on the discussion, but I feel it's a more interesting discussion if, say, it was fourth and goal on the two, and you're hit at the one. Like you, you have to stretch. Like you have right. to put the ball because you're going to give the ball back immediately if you don't get it over the plane anyway. So, like, yes, take the risk, stretch it out, do whatever you have to do to push it towards the goal line. If it slips out, so be it. Maybe somebody else grabs it. But like on this particular play, it was a long pass play, first down, and then some. Right, you're gonna going you're gonna forward. have first and like, goal at the one. You're gonna have first and goal. Like, and if he hugs it and keeps it to his body and prevents it from going anywhere, you're maybe at the three. Right. Worse. Like, you're looking at a first and goal. You're driving the ball. Pat Mahomes is, like, the, the momentum's surging your direct. Like, why risk it on that play? And I know it's your job to score, and you get paid to score. This is the playoffs, though. It's no longer about personal statistics, and it's no longer – it's it's we need to win, and I need to give – and, yeah, if you go to first and goal on the three and you run four plays and you don't get in, then people start questioning, like, well, should he have tried to score? Um, you know, there's always somebody disappointed in something in hindsight. Sure. Hindsight's the most ridiculous argument ever. Like, well, yeah, but we know that it was a bl- – well, of course we know now. Like, so, like, I, I never try to argue with people who only talk about hindsight. Like, well, we know now after the game. Like, well, yeah. Well, everybody does. You know, I also know who I should have bet on before the game. <laughs> you know, like – but I bet on the wrong one, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I have a lot of, I have a lot of issues with it. As far as the rule itself, I personally, 
I could care less if it gets changed, but I, I don't see a major problem only because, like I said, most fumbles into the end zone, especially once you're in that short yardage scenario, you're fumbling into a part of the field where it's all defensive players. So, like, there's a good chance you're going to turn it over anyway. Just because it got out of bounds, you know, near the sidelines once it went in, you know, you know, them's the breaks. I, I, I hate to say it. There's just not a lot of rules once you get past that goal line. It's the reason why it's a touchdown the second it hits it. You know, that that's just uncharted territory. It's no longer in offensive uh, territory. You're done with your job. So, to me, if the ball goes in there without you being in control of it, it's every man for himself. And if it goes out of bounds, you know, it that's the the defense is defending that end zone, capture the flag style. And if, if if they're able to get the ball out of your hands before you get in, why shouldn't they get the ball? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, there's a lot of rules that change in and around the end zone as well. I mean, you know, if it's because I've seen people say yeah, that. Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle in there. <laughs> like people say that. You know, if if you fumbled out of the end zone, the the the, uh, the the team who had it had possession should retain possession, but make it like first and goal back at the twenty five or at the thirty five, or you know, so some so you're 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 penalized by by moving the ball back, and you only have four downs because you know if you're out at the fifty and you fumble and it goes out of bounds, you retain possession at wherever you if it goes forward. Well, and holding in the end zone, and all like if you have it at the other end of the field. And you're you're running right. a play from yeah. your own it's end zone. You hold all of a sudden it's a safety. Right. So why Any is that not stupid? In play, it's just if, it's if, just a penalty. If you hold it the one, it's a half yard penalty. Right. So why not make it a half yard penalty and just put like it right at the goal line? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's and it's because it's your and like I think so many people look at football and they think that your end zone is the one you're going for. Like you're you're going for your end zone, you're trying to score the t- your end zone's the one behind you. Right, it's you're defending because you're end on zone. offense. If you throw an interception, it's now your job to keep them out. Right, tell tell that zone. to the Ravens. <laughs> it's a defensive <laughs> right. zone. Right, yeah, you know, so it's every it's, like it's, if you think about every other you know every other sport you know hockey, soccer, basketball, your everything is based on defending what's behind you. It's not you know obviously you have to score what's in front. Right. But you have to defend what's behind. Because you're in your own end zone. It's your job to get out, to get that ball into the field of play and to do it within the rules. I, I would argue, though, that, that having that come up in this discussion, holding in the end zone, if you if we're, if we're talking in the offseason about the dumbest rule in sports, I'm leaning now. That's probably dumber the, than this that's one. That's probably a dumber rule. Yeah. Like, like why should an offensive well, lineman protecting his quarter, you know, whatever – in the end, like, and I get the like the argument for it is that if he doesn't make that hold, it's probably a sack, which would result in a safety anyway. But especially now, with the as mobile as quarterbacks are, tell me how many times the quarterbacks escape pressure inside right. well, the and pocket. Holding is such like as, as much as it is a by the book. Like this is what holding looks like. The trouble is, is that there's holding on almost every play, and it's well, it, there it, is it's, holding it's, on every play. It's whether yeah, or not it gets just called. Like there's probably pass interference on every play. And it's this judgment call of like, well, was it enough? And so you have these situations where, you know, if that happens in a playoff game where it's like that looked like holding enough two points to the other team and they get the ball like that's a huge that, a safety can be a huge swing. And, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, beyond one player trying to like get in and, and get the quarterback. 
that holding in the end zone is only responsible for one person. So, so whereas this is, I don't know. It, 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 like, I, I think it's by the book for me. It's, it's literally, you know, yeah, you're it's, trying it's a to rule. score. Like, Defense, I, you didn't get in. There has never been a point when, even when this rule was enacted, if you're following along in the live video, if, if you want to throw up your thoughts on, on this rule and, and what you think it should be, should they change it, should they not change it, is it good as it is? Um, but like at no point since they enacted the rule that I think this is, this is stupid. I never thought that it was a dumb rule to me. Like, just don't fumble. I get like, to me, I get like, I guess it just kind of made sense that, you know, if, if you fumble, if you fumble through the end zone, it, it, it's, it, it should change possession. Yeah. And I saw some, um, some suggestions when, when you had posted it on, uh, on the huddle up. Uh, Facebook page and, and some folks were commenting on it and there's a lot of folks talking about it so people were watching the game but uh, I saw one one that had jumped out of like all the other options was like well they should it should be fumbled in there it should be put on the 20 and they should be allowed to go again like and I'm like well okay well what down is it like if they were going if it was third down because like it, it doesn't always work like because right what if you were inside the 20 like you're, you're at the three and it's fourth down or third down. Fourth down would be a change of possession anyway. So, like, that would go to the other team. But, like, or would it? If you fumble out of the end zone, then is it still a loss of down? Like, that's my question. Like, like, can I just throw it towards the end zone and be like, ah. Like, I think this, is, I think this is the one. That, uh, Bill says, uh, ball goes back to 20, but does not change possession. It stays with the offense. But they go back and uh, start their red zone possession over. Either that or it's a dead so ball. So, start it over implies that it would be first down. Like they would start over and I'm like, and and to me, like, but what if it wasn't a red zone possession? What if it's a play? Feel free to comment and and let us know what you meant. But um, like that seems ludicrous, especially in today's NFL, like with the close and it's always been the closer you get to the goal line, the less lanes there are. The defense has a lot, a lot of advantages inside the 10 and inside the five because you don't have as many places to be creative. And so to back today's offense is like a Pat Mahomes or a Russell Wilson, give them 20 yards of space after a mistake. Like you're just like shooting yourself in the foot. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, well, and, I feel and, at very least it should be same down or loss it down. If well, and like, like Bill says, like Bill says, he says, you know, red zone possession would be start over. What if it wasn't a red zone possession? What if it was first? What if it was a third and 15 from your own 47? And you hit a you hit a cross pass, and the, the defender just catches you down at the end zone, and you fumble. kind of like this one, right? And you yeah. so does it? Do you then get the ball first and ten at the twenty, or do you have to go back to the forty-seven? Right, because Bill's Bill's solution, you know, kind of implies that it's already been a red zone possession that you've been in the red zone trying to score, and not every time. Most of these fumbles through the end zone happened in that scenario, but this one didn't. So it's like, okay, so, uh, and I see Jake's got the comment up here, uh, keep the rule as is, or ball goes back to the previous spot with loss of down. Which to me, if you're going to change it. If you're going to change it to me, that makes more sense. That would be more logical, but it's still. It's still illogical. Depending where the play comes, because, I mean, it would have been a big one on this one because it puts the. Browns way back, and they lose the down. They may wind up not scoring even three. Right, you should definitely lose the down. Like the team should not get a first down wherever the ball gets spotted. Like if it was third down and you fumbled out of bounds, it should then be fourth down. 
Right, and let's not forget that the the rule as it stands isn't awarding the defense any points. No, like, it's, it's not it's, like it's, it's a literally safety. a change of possession. You just turn the ball over, you know. I, I don't know. It, it just seems dumb to me that like if you're going to change that because uh, it, it's hard, in, especially in today's NFL, and we talk about it all the time. And I kind of alluded to it a few minutes ago. It's a very offensive league, and 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 you, you, the defense has a lot stacked up against them with rules against hitting oh, the quarterback. Absolutely. And can you hit them high? Can you hit them low? Can you hit a receiver after one step? Do you have to let them? run past you and then chase them. Like I feel there's a lot of rules against defensive backs and, 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 and uh, pass rushers. So as it is. And so to me to take this, cause this gives them one last shot to maybe get the ball back, you know, to force that ball free. And, and in my opinion, I, I don't see any reason the rules should change. And, and I don't see any reason it's going to, um, you know, the fact that this is, it's not uncharted territory in the playoffs, but it's fairly uncharted. Because it just doesn't happen that often, at least not on a play like this. And so so to make a rule change based on one playoff game, I get it's a big game for a franchise that's been starved for a long time. But enjoy your for your one win. You put on a good effort. You you wound up playing half a game against Chad Henney. <laughs> like if you uh, yeah. had any more chances than that. Right. Like you know, Godspeed, but, but, um, Jim yeah, here, Jim here in the are... comments on that and not me, a different Jim. He says, I don't mind the rule at all. This big boy football played at the highest level, protect that rock at all costs. I wouldn't change a thing. That's where I'm at. Like I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, like, like I don't see any reason, you know, and I can see other sides and like why it's a thing, but like, you know, I mean, this is one where, you know, instead of complaining about, you know, take the Philly route. I mean, I know we, we, we you know, we'll complain about officiating here and there, but I can tell you one thing: if that if he plays for the Eagles, I'm all over him. Like I'm yelling at Higgins on that play. Like what right, like are the, you like doing? Like the referees didn't screw up. The ref like nope. The referees the right made way, the right went call. To the review. Yep, they did exactly what they should have done. People big mad about a rule that will come up again every five to ten years. I mean, this this play happens now. It doesn't always happen in the playoffs. Like this obviously is getting bigger attention because it happens. In the playoffs, this is a rule that gets enforced, you know, a few it's times a, team a that season. A lot of people were rooting for, right, right. The, like, you know, there was a lot of people whining because one, they were rooting for, and if and it can't even be that they were betting on them because if you did, you covered. So like, stop right, whining, right? Like some of us bet the Chiefs, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. And we watched yeah. Pat Mahomes drop like a fly and stumble off the field and realize that money was dead. Now the other, gone. the other part to that play. That is is a, is kind of a separate issue in and of itself. Is the 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 Chiefs' defender did a like lunging helmet to helmet hit? Um, that like by rule should have should have been called. Um, because it, it was the leading with the helmet thing, and you know Browns fans are mad that that wasn't called. Which first off, in real time, nobody saw the helmet to helmet. No, and I especially watched again especially right that official who's on Higgins' side, so he's not seeing helmet to helmet. He and he's also not looking at helmet to helmet. That official at that spot is looking to see if the ball is crossing the the plane of the goal line. That's what that jo- official's job is right there. So he that he's not seeing, nor should he be seeing the helmet to helmet hit now 
you know, in college you have the rule if it's, you know, a helmet to helmet targeting, what have you, they have the ability to go to review and call the penalty there. So people are saying that that this should now the the NFL should go the way of college where you can review that play from the booth or like that sort of a thing should be able to fall underneath the coach's challenge. Like yeah. and I'm going back to the replay to take a look at the helmet and helmet one more time. Uh, but I'm I'm sitting through a Taco Bell ad because YouTube sucks. Oh, I love Taco oh, Bell though. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna like take another look at it and, and I know when I watched it in real time, even again before this, I don't see it. Because it looks like he's hitting him on the side of his body um, to me. And I know from the other angle you see it. But the issue is also like hitting with the helmet and leading with the helmet are two separate charges. Which (laughs) this one was both. Because if if your shoulder's coming first and your helmet makes contact while you're like trying to go for the body. Now he lowers his head. Probably should have been called. Uh, but but again, like if they sh- if they start watching for that and don't pay attention to the to the ball coming loose or something, you know, it, it, and you make the wrong call there, it's even more detrimental. Well, and I think I think that's I think that's where the argument is: should that should something like the the helmet to helmet be eligible under like a coach's challenge? And and I'm watching it. And did the helmet hit? Yeah. Do I think that it was a malicious intent of lowering the head to hit him in the head? No. I, I I do not think that's like watching that just twice it's, right it's, now. It's hard. It's hard to rule intent though, because the, the direction he's fall, they're almost falling in the same ish direction, and it looks like he's going. Oh for yeah, like the a defenders is the trying. The, the defenders is trying to to break up the play or, or you know knock yeah, the it, guy out of bounds. Whatever. Most of his body is headed towards like the shoulders and upper rib cage, and his helmet just like the way but they you, both you, fell. In in they, any they, they sport, make, it, you can't really rule intent. Right. It's, it's, it, well, I mean, in college football, we call it targeting, um, which and it, which it, that it, rule it the, a rule called targeting implies intent. that rule and, needs to be changed anyway. Like right. the, it, the college needs to go rule, there, but that's another talk for another day. Uh, yeah, but but I, I think in this case, Pers- could it have been called? Yes. Personally, uh, I don't have an issue if the NFL makes this, or or I mean, I, I guess if you want to expand it to to all penalties. Um, it, within your two challenges, like don't give a don't give coaches any more challenges. But if you if you truly want to try, you know, I know they did it with with pass interference last year, at where where but they could review it from the booth. But if you want to make that, if you want to make penalties part of the two challenges, where if if you lose a challenge, you lose a timeout by all means, because there the Browns could theoretically throw the challenge flag. They could ru- they could rule the helmet to helmet, um, and, and go like. Right. But then it's like, you know, you open it up to like, because it's they're already dealing with it, like what's reviewable and what's not. And certain things are and certain things aren't. Certain things are judgment. Certain things are by the book. And it becomes this gray area of like, and it happened, like like you mentioned with the pass interference, like very few got overturned because it's a very judgment call. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that, you know, helmet to helmet, I disagree with the call anyway. I, I, I don't, I don't like the helmet to helmet penalties. I think if, if, if you want to define it as, you know, crown of the helmet, like if you want to make it more specific, I, I just think there's a lot of scenarios. And, and, and Jake points out one of the big reasons is it's one of these ones to protect offensive players. Um, and and he, he points out that uh, um, it's under the guise of protecting both players. And does it save concussions on both sides? Sure. But these plays are still happening. Sure. It's just now the team's getting, you know, dinged 15 yards for what used to be a really great play. 
Uh, you know, I, I and uh, so we, got, we got we have Mark Thomas there. on the show. Our, our buddy Marcus watching his he, he's on the penguin side of your puck. Yeah, tonight, I don't so, want to. Uh, I don't want to talk about so it. We, right we don't now. have to talk about that just yet. <laughs> I don't want to uh, talk about it right now. Yeah, I have it know. on. I'll I'll talk about it. Well, maybe we'll to. talk about the Steelers next game in a couple of minutes. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that. Um, but um, but yeah, helmet to helmet. Uh, you know, as much as I dislike some quarterback rules, um. I, I I dislike a lot of the rules protecting quarterbacks. I get why they're in place. I, I even more hate rules protecting wide receivers. There's all these defenseless rules, and well, like they the, have to they have to make a football move, and they have the problem to with the defenseless receiver rule is is like what what receiver like when is Julio Jones defenseless? Well, and like like, like when, that's the thing. If it, when a wide receiver is up in the air and he gets hit and falls ass over tea kettle, that's not a defenseless receiver. But a guy who catches a ball and is turning has and, a foot on the ground and gets hit—that's yeah. defenseless. To me, the guy in the air is more defenseless than the guy right. on the ground. But nobody wants to change that rule because it's always been unspoken that if you're a quarterback and you hang your receiver up in the air to dry, that it's fair game. Yeah, and that receiver can be angry at you on his way back to the huddle, or you can hang your head in shame as he gets carted off the field. <laughs> like whatever the situation is, like don't hang your receiver out there when there's a, when Brian Dawkins is behind him. Or Eric Allen's behind him, right? Or right. Steve Atwater's behind him. Like those get that those kind of plays used to end careers or at least seasons. Like Ronnie so Lott is going to f you up. It's going to break <laughs> your ribs if you go up and catch that ball. And in an important play, you go up and catch it anyway because you can eat the downs. And you better hope your hands hold on when your ribs are breaking. So like, there's all these things that used to happen that made football exciting and made it great. And I understand that it's also one of the reasons why uh, a lot of these players don't remember half the games that they played. So no, I, I mean, I think. Do I see a reason to like help, help cut down on the concussions? Yes. And do I think that there 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 could be penalties for some of these hits? Yes. Um, but but I I think you got to make it more specific and and you got to look at. In my opinion, there's enough judgment calls in sports. Decide if it was malicious. Decide if it looked like I'm going to spear you with my helmet. And if it didn't, if it looks like it was a coincidental helmet-to-helmet contact, even if it's direct. Like, if it looks like you were going one way, the receiver moved into the line of your hip, I don't think you should be penalized for that. Like, so like that's the thing. Like, the, for the, like the play, well. the play, this this play in the Browns game, to me, and I think it's what you're saying too, shouldn't necessarily fall in that helmet-to-helmet rule. Because he's, tr- cause he's, trying, to, cause he's rule? trying to play no. the ball. Now, if, you know, if, if a guy's... And you know if a, if if a defender is just coming in coming in hot on his feet sees the guy coming and purposely lowers his head to blow that guy out then then that I think probably would fall into it a little bit more because there's intent to lower the head there. Right. If you if you're diving to make a play, you know that that that's a little bit of a different story. And and yeah, and I was just about to say this too. Offensive players can and do all the time, as Jake said. Because yeah, at one point they had changed it where running backs could not. Because I remember it was a big deal with Adrian Peterson. That was just one of his like Marion Barber for the maneuver. Cowboys did that all the time. Yeah, it was one of his go to. Like when you're going through you the line, you lower that and you, you you get yourself some space. Without and it's a little, to take it's a little bit more lowering the sh- you know you look because you're driving with your shoulder, but your head comes down. Right. But, so I think they adapted that rule again because they realized it was like near impossible for running backs and offensive players to not do it. Right. But yeah, if you're going to protect both players, then protect them in both scenarios. And and if it's an it, like to me, if it's an intent 
like call it something alluding to using your helmet as a weapon or whatever you want to call it, a spearing with the helmet, something like that, where offensive players can't do it either. Like an issue of like, to a certain degree, you can use the crown of your helmet, but you can't intentionally drive your head right. into somebody to, to with the intent to uh, hurt or, or you know, um, you, you have to find other ways to, to get them out of your way. So I, I don't, I don't know what the perfect answer is, and it would take me a lot of time to draw it up. And frankly, the NFL is not paying me near enough uh, <laughs> with my zero dollar uh, salary to do that. If the NFL is listening, which I'm sure Goodell is, he listens to us all the time. They, we um, we will gladly take a job with the NFL to figure this up. out. Let us know. You know. One week check, one month check, however long you want us to sit down and talk about this. We will present the idea to you uh, in its perfect form. Um, and if you don't like it, you can kiss my ass. But uh, but I'll make sure the check clears first. Um, right. But, uh, oh, yeah. So let, let's take a look, too, from this past weekend, Sean. Of course, the uh, the, the Saints and the Buccaneers, uh, you know, a game that obviously near and dear to your heart down there um, in uh, in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, we, we, of course, saw the uh, what is likely the end of Drew Brees' career with the with the New Orleans For Saints. For now, and, yeah. Yeah, it looks um, like it. You know, and and not uh, not the best way to go out. If, if if he's going out this way, uh, the fourth quarter threw a couple of the interceptions there. Uh, we saw uh, the, the 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 trick play earlier in the game. Jameis Winston um throws a touchdown pass. So I've seen a lot of a lot of people discussing. You know, obviously Taysom Hill did not play. Was I, I, was he actually hurt or was he just a healthy scratch in this one? Well, they've been they they had been talking injury, and and he definitely wasn't healthy. But but a guy that plays like Taysom Hill is never going to be healthy. Right. I, I have a feeling that after the fumble last week, um, and and what has become a problem, uh, you know, for Taysom Hill, and it's something that wasn't talked about through his first couple of starts. But I mean, you got a guy that's fumbled six or seven times and only started uh, four games. Uh, most of those m- multiple fumbles coming in a few games. He had more fumbles than games uh, in those four. Um, it's become a bit of a problem for him. It seems the more reps he had, and it makes sense. You know, when you're kind of a, a, a ga- well, I don't want to call him a gadget player. They'd like to believe he's a quarterback, and they're probably going to want to trade him or move him as such, uh, whatever they're going to do. Uh, but I, I, I feel like it's become a problem, and I, and I think any semblance of an injury that he may have had was uh, may have been embellished in order to just – I don't want to say save face. They may have made the decision to go with Winston anyway, and maybe they gave him the choice. It felt to me like injury or not, they were probably going to put Winston too, especially with a trick play designed for him. And um, and so maybe it was it was that scenario um, where they were like, "Hey, man, we're just going to you know shut you down." But um, but yeah, I mean, he was banged up. He was hurt even going into last week, and I think. He like had aggravated something, uh, you know. Was it on the play? Fumbled. I don't know. Maybe they'll tell you that to make him feel better. Uh, either way, he's got to learn to protect that football, uh, especially if he's coming up on that goal line. Yeah, no doubt. So, so I've seen a lot of people saying that 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 the Saints, once they were down, once they were from behind, um, should have made the switch to Jameis Winston. Should have gotten Winston into the game more. Uh, because I mean, it, you know, you're watching this game and as it's going on and this hasn't just been a problem in this game, it's kind of been an ongoing problem for Drew Brees and the Saints this year is uh, Drew Brees just doesn't have quite the, uh, quite the fire to, to get that ball downfield. 
Um, and, and really, that's what you had to do. <laughs> that's really what you had to do uh, in this game, to, to, you know, because the, the Buccaneers defense knows that they can play tight in the in this game and, and they're not going to be in a lot of trouble uh, with 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 what the, the, the Saints are presenting them. To me, you know, I don't I don't know if they should have put Jameis in completely, you know, completely bench Drew Brees. But the thing that, that kind of blew me away is like you have a guy, you know, you pulled that trick play earlier. It worked brilliantly. You, you know, you score. Why not? Why not do a couple of formations that way? Why not do, you know, not necessarily a wildcat, but put put Jameis out there. Uh, in in a wideout spot, put him in, in the same way you've used Taysom Hill to at least cause a little bit of, of of confusion, some questioning, something with that Buccaneers defense where they have to go. All right, is is something is, is something coming here from from the Saints? Like to me, it it kind of just got into this situation. And trust me, I, watching the the Saints crumble at home is is something that I will always enjoy. But the you know. The, to to not to not do something to create some sort of question some sort of look was was a little bit baffling for me from from an offense that is generally you know fairly creative well at least that's what they sell you on when they talk about Sean Payton uh and and I was going to point that out too I I think when you're known as as kind of a and I hate the term offensive guru because it's been so overused uh, it's, it's a new, it's a new league with new rules. Everyone's an offensive guru. So shut up. But, um, he's a very, he's supposed to be his inventive offensive mind. He's a guy that, you know, obviously has a Super Bowl under his belt. Uh, you know, has seemed to find answers when there aren't any answers. Um, but to me, uh, should they have put Jameis Winston in the game? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> you're asking Drew Brees to close out his career with this game. Um, we've we've seen quarterbacks before that that are behind the eight, but it's not like that game score wise. Um, you know, maybe in the fourth quarter was out of hand. I, I still don't. I mean, there's only a couple of scores. I mean, it's a game that was tied at the half. And I mean, to 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 tell Drew Brees that we don't think you can come back. If you, if you tell your team that you don't have faith in Drew Brees at this point, then what faith do you have in the team as a whole? Like they, they they all put you there. Michael Thomas was catching zero ball, like you know, which is by the way is incredibly annoying that he caught zero <laughs> balls because it's one of the only things that sports radio is talking about down here. And I'm like, shut up. The guy didn't play for like a month and a half. Comes right. back for a week, and you're you're a defensive like you're you're the stout defense. And you're team playing against you probably what's what's the best like what is currently probably the best defense left in the NFL. Or at well, least yeah, the one that's playing the best. I was best. telling you that. I was, I was uh, talking about that with you the other day, that, that I think maybe this is a sign when you look at these four teams that, you know, I, I've always been the defense wins championships. And and don't get me wrong, if one of those top-tier defenses gets into the into this scenario now, um, then, yeah, I, I think that team is, is in a prime position to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and I see Jake pointing out Bills, and, and I think I told you when we were talking um, – that, that yeah, I get. I mean, I think on the Bills' best defensive day, uh, they're the best. Right, defense they haven't left. been playing. The to trouble that level. Is, is, is I've seen so such inconsistency, and you know, even in the two games in the playoffs, you know, drive to drive, quarter to quarter, uh, it, it's it's looked uh, hard <laughs> for them. I mean, great. Uh, they they had the pick level. six, but I think that's as as much of a bad play by Lamar Jackson than it is a great play by Buffalo's defense. Right, and 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 I think that. 
you know, the, the farther you get in here, when you start looking at now, they may get a great treat and a chance to put up a defensive show if Chad Henney's the starter against them. Um, Henney makes, uh, I mean, the difference with Henney is, is he's not going <clears> to <throat> throw the bomb over your head. So, so it gives you some leeway, um, you know, as far as uh, pass rushes and things to, to you, you don't have to necessarily have as many uh, safeties over the top. But at the same time, Chad Henney makes, I would say, less mistakes probably than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes plays a little bit more reckless of a style. It's it's just the style of football, football he plays, and it pays off eight or nine times out of ten, and it pays off real well. So you just kind of forgive the mistakes here and there. Henny knows that he doesn't have that luxury, like giving up a turnover every one or two times or you know throwing a bad pass that could have been a first down. Uh, you know that that could be the 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 difference in a game with, with his current skill set at his age. So I, he's going to do a lot better. He's going to be more of an Alex Smith style uh, game manager. Uh, so so you're in a prime spot. But um, all the teams that are left have made some really great defensive stands and defensive games as we've gone. So are the, are these bottom tier defenses? By no means. Uh, but I don't even consider the Bills. I mean, by default, the Bills or the uh, Buccaneers have to be in like the top ten ish. Uh, but I think on on everyone's best day, um, sure the Bills are probably the best one. Um, yeah, but like back to the Saints, like if if I'm them, I, I don't know that I make the switch completely. But I, I would have gotten Jameis into the game more than he was. Maybe somehow, uh, you know, try to get creative and and, and shake things up. Like you said, I mean, y- you got to try to you know rejuvenate something. Um, I mean, I probably would have been more prone to get like Kamara into some wildcat formations, things like that. You know, let Drew Brees be a decoy every now and again. Um, find somebody else that can throw the ball. You know, because Drew Brees, like every so often, you got to pull him off the field to put Taysom Hill in there. Like you said, I'm not saying you got to put Jameis in there, but run a couple Wildcat plays. Kamara's pretty good. Because I mean, here's the thing about it is he could probably gain nine yards. Like if, if you if you if you pull Drew Brees in this game, and you you come back and you win. Then what do you do for the NFC title game? You go back to Drew Brees, right? Like, but but it, it's not even a question. No, but like, then I, but I what happens? How what, are you going to ask? So James then you Brees. get to the NFC Championship game, and what if what if you know Brees comes out has you know four or five rough drives? You know, that maybe doesn't you even talk about it then. But there is absolutely you know I mean? no way like, I'm going to let another team know that Jameis Winston is starting or throwing a pass. No, but it, you know what I mean? It, cre- it creates – and, and the, the biggest thing you don't want to do is create doubts or questions in that locker room because you said it like, it, what am I telling my, my team if, I, if I'm saying I don't have faith in Drew Brees at this point? Well, if, if you say you don't have Drew Brees, faith in Drew Brees, and then you win that game – that, to me, the the, que- the questions inside the locker room are more detrimental than anything the Packers are going to know or want to know about what you're going to do. Well, having Drew, having Jameis Winston throw some surprise passes, or maybe even in in this scenario, finish a game, coming in and succeeding off the bench is very different than cause sure whoever like going into Green Bay. Green Bay, even just with a few plays under Jameis Winston, is aware now that like, okay, well, we need to be aware of Jameis Winston. Like, we need to be aware he may throw some passes or possibly play some drives, and we're going to take advantage of that. It, it's it's very different when when you have like, – I don't think the Buccaneers planned at all to play against Jameis Winston. And oh, maybe no, giving him a not. pass was kind of a sh- chance to get a touchdown against his former team and shut some people up. I, I don't know. 
but um, it didn't seem like they had any desire to put Jameis Winston on the field. Obviously, the Buccaneers didn't have any desire to put Winston on the field. Otherwise, he'd still be a Buccaneer, and this team probably wouldn't be playing this week. So I, I just I don't see a scenario. They seem to love Jameis Winston there. They seem to really uh, love him in the locker room. Uh, Sean Payton's come out and said there's a good chance he's the quarterback going forward if Breeze does retire. Uh, and is I that, think is that what you would do? Taysom Hill, I, I, I think well, that's I, the I right think, choice. Isn't Taysom Hill's – I think his deal might be up too. Like there's a chance both well, of them are – signed an extension. They're paying him a good bit of money. They gave him like a 13 or 14 million couple-year extension. And I, I'm not sure that that's over this year, but it's coming up. So if, you, um, if, you you're, if you're the Saints – I don't think he's an every down every week. No, he's he's absolutely not an every down quarterback. So if you're the Saints, do you roll Jameis or or do you look elsewhere this offseason? I mean, I think you're always looking, and I think there's enough teams shopping um, that if you can get a deal, you may even be able to throw. I mean, the issue is, I I don't think he's under contract. I thought it was just a one year deal. So they would have to re sign him. but I don't know where else he would plan on signing because there's very few uh, other teams that are going to like that are going to give him the time of day as a starting quarterback unless it's like a bottom of the barrel scenario and you're able to trade him, you know, to somebody that you know maybe they have a backup you like more than him and they're okay with him as a backup, um, you know, some kind of scenario like that. Maybe it's an angry Deshaun Watson in in Houston uh, and they got to get him out of there, uh, you know, that kind of scenario where it's a, it's a cancer and and. Maybe they could work out a deal where, where Jameis winds up there and uh, kind of supplies a similar skill set to an offense that's already garbage. Um, you know, there's not a lot. <laughs> I mean, of I'd bring him back if there. I'm if I'm the Saints. You know, like I, I the hard I, thing for Jameis Winston with the Saints is is it's a city much like the city of Philadelphia in the sense that there's a level of expectation. It's an organization that's been there, it's been there recently, and it doesn't plan on leaving anytime soon. So like th- that's the issue in Philadelphia right now is is you you're you're falling out of that like relevance category and and the Saints don't want to be there either. So so it's going to be uh, somewhat of a short leash at least a number of years. Yeah, I mean I if I'm the Saints I probably bring him back and at least give him give him the look. Uh Yeah, why not? Jake says they should go get Wentz so Sean can have a realistic expectation for his quarterback. <laughs> they can go get Wentz. That's fine. I mean, I think uh, the, the the premise of uh, Peterson going and, and, and being in the middle of a coach search uh, seems to lend itself to the fact that it is probably Wentz going forward. What that means for Jalen Hurts or the new head coach or whatever quarterback controversies uh, lie down the road, uh, I don't know what that means. But it sounds like uh, to Carson Wentz is sticking around. Um but I, I've been the guy that's – I think every head coach and every organization and every president out there is always fielding offers for everybody. If you don't think Bill Belichick was at least listening to offers for Tom Brady, I mean, he said no to every single one of them, but you're listening to him. You're like, I got this well, sure. Super Bowl winning quarterback. Some team's like, I'll give you my next nine first-round picks. And you're <laughs> like, wait a minute, you're, you're what? Nine. Yeah, and you can have our – yeah, yeah I'll, fine. He's yours. Like – there's just scenarios where they you know, green situation, it. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, 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 there's there's very few scenarios where Seattle trades Russell Wilson, or but we're in an era where teams can't afford players for very long. Wait, so it comes down me, to the me, did values. You, did there. you say? Did you say nine first round picks? Eleven. Oh, eleven. Got it. Eleven. Eleven, 11 first, first round. round picks. Well, that sounds well, like if a, they offer nine, you ask for eleven. You, yeah. Well, naturally, I mean, you don't you don't sell out on the first offer. Eleven. 
again. Yeah, anyway. Wrong one. Ridiculous. We can, my, we can talk about my realistic QB expectations another time. I feel like my expectations for Carson Wentz are very realistic, and he met zero of them this year. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I just think as far as the Saints go, why not stick with Jameis Winston? I, I don't. He's at least I mean, familiar he knows, with he the team. He now knows your system. He's practiced yeah. with your players. Uh, at some point, you know, I don't know. At some point, that Saints team has to fully collapse because um, <laughs> the because the, the world needs to go back into balance. <laughs> well, it, partly, I, I also think that Michael Thomas is probably on his way out uh, soon. It sounded like, <laughs> even despite his injuries this year, um, Marcus Thomas, the moron twins, uh, he would know. Uh, you know, it's just uh, yeah, he's he's our uh, distant second cousin. Spend so. most of your life in the city of Pittsburgh, you're going to know what a moron looks like. Um, anyway, give me the symbols on that. Give me something. Thanks. It was a good. Uh, it was a good. All right, so let's, I don't know why I chose to go at Pittsburgh instead of him directly, but well, it, well, it, you know, the, the, when you when you have it teed up, you might as well just drive it. So, uh, yeah. but let's let's pause here. Let's hear from our sponsor. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. We're going to preview Championship Weekend. So stick with us here uh, on uh, Huddle Up Podcast. Uh, give us a like, give us a share, get people in here, and uh, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Back on Love Podcast. We are live, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure you give us a like and a share. Uh, make sure you also subscribe to our show on uh, on all of the podcast platforms on our uh, YouTube page uh, and uh, and much more. And, and make sure you uh, tell people about the show if you're enjoying what we're doing. We'd appreciate that. Uh, grow the show each and every week, and we uh, we thank you for everything that you do for us. We are uh, we are glad to be with you. The uh, Caps and Penguins still tied at four a piece uh, here on a uh, on a Tuesday night. Uh, what's that Flyers score, Sean? Do you know? Are they uh, 
They're up one one nothing Flyers. They uh, they uh, connect and they put one in uh, with two minutes to go in the second. Uh, have had a pretty uh, energetic and productive third period thus far. Uh, just no goals to show for it. So uh, here's hoping they get it at happens. least one more, especially for those <laughs> that happen to take the Flyers at one and a hook. Uh, like you, maybe? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to confirm or deny those allegations, but um, either way, I'm sure there's a lot of folks rooting for an empty net or a late late game goal here. Uh, at this point, I'll take the one nothing. though. last thing I want is to come out of a Pittsburgh series 2-0 and and come out of a Sabres series 2-2. Two and two. Well, I, um, I, I, know the, I know the feeling, but kind of the other way around. The Caps came out of Buffalo 2-0. And depending what happens the next M fifty three, they could be two and two coming out of two yeah. games with Yeah, this is just so. one of those teams that I think if you're gonna buy for the top, this is one of the teams you need to win more games against and lose. Oh uh, sure. Just because they're they are those bottom of the barrel teams, you can't let them take half the games you play them. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately and unfortunately in, in our division there's not there's not a ton of there's no room. Those those bottom bottom barrel teams. It's Buffalo I can't even think you put the. You, I don't think you can even put the Devils and Rangers in that category anymore. I think those. Teams, yeah, I guess the Devils are as close as it gets, but but they've been dangerous. they've been improving over the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, not not a whole lot of room to breathe uh, in in yeah. the in the East Division this year. So, uh, Sean, obviously the the the, the Buccaneers moving to the uh, NFC title game in Tom Brady's first season uh, in Tampa Bay. And uh, you know, pretty pretty impressive feat in and of itself. Of course, I've seen the uh, the memes that you know. I, I really have terrible friends. I, I have to say that because uh, I, I I get texts like this from people I haven't heard from in months. When you, when you see the uh, you know Tom Brady uh, NFC Championship appearances in the last twenty four years, uh, one uh, the Cowboys zero. Tom Brady's years in the NFC. Uh, in the last 24 years, one in the Cowboys, 24. So, uh, like yeah, I said, they have been there all 24. They have they have there. been there all 24 years. That is that is uh, it's not it's not it's not factually incorrect. This uh, it's funny this it's the, the title games thing. Like I, I'd like to see a stat because Tom Brady now has what two two playoff wins. This would be his third in the NFC. Yeah, I don't know how many the Cowboys have in that stretch. Well, let's let's many. hit some of the stats, Sean, because I, I've seen th- th- these are from various accounts. Um, but this is his 14th conference title game in 19 healthy seasons as a starter. By the way, how ridiculous would it have been to make a bet his rookie year, like some ludicrous bet that his number 12 <laughs> was a lower number than the number of t- championship games he would play it? Right. Like you know, from a guy that was drafted what, in the, the sixth round, sixth round pick for Drew Bledsoe. I mean, just it's it's unbelievable. It, it, it's it's make that bet on his first drive. Ridiculous quadrillionaire. Um, the next closest quarterbacks for conference title games are are seven. Oh, Steve yeah. Young, Joe Montana, Roger Stallbach have been in seven. Tom Brady has been in fourteen in nineteen yeah, years up. as a healthy starter. He's missed. Five conference title games, not playoffs. And one, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, and he has another year where he probably would have been there had he not hurt himself. Had his leg not exploded, yeah, it, it, like it's crazy. We have um, a Flyers goal, two two nil Flyers. There you go, there you go. Um, he has more playoff wins than all but five NFL franchises. <laughs> Tom Brady. 
more playoff <laughs> wins, more playoff wins than twenty seven. Um, or all but all but five. So there's the all but five uh, NFL franchises. So, so yeah, more than twenty seven franchises. Twenty seven franchises have less playoff have wins less than playoff wins as a team in their history. In their history. Now, granted, you have ben some Tom teams, Brady. Texans, Panthers. Jaguars, well, but like that doesn't, that, that's the, still the, because that's that's only like a small that's portion a, that's of maybe teams. ten teams, right? That you could be like, okay, well, they haven't been in the league very long, right? Like the Lions, like I'm sure the Lions are one of those oh, teams that he has more. Those the Lions have been around for a hundred years. Pardon my language. <laughs> it's okay. But Anytime the, you hear the Lions, it's like, oh god, you poor saps. If I, if I just feel bad. I just feel bad for. What's so, yeah. amazing about Lions fans, and I'll say it up to, I mean, Browns fans too. It's it, it's baffling because you just watch this and they're like, you could just give them away, and they're like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Like I would die if I didn't get to watch them, and I'm like, you die when you do watch them. What's well, like, like every minute? I, every I've joked, I've joked them. the last couple of seasons while I, I watch the Cowboys. I just, die inside watching the Lions, where, where the Cowboys have like just squandered opportunities and made poor. And I'm like, man, like I would love to like for a couple of years to like adopt a team until like Jerry Jones. Uh, isn't the uh, the owner general manager anymore? And I had somebody go, well, you could be a Browns fan. I'm like, why would I go to another team where I know I'm going to be disappointed if I'm going to leave my house? Actually, if you're a Browns fan at this point, are you disappointed? Somehow they still are, Sean. Somehow it's like Jets fans, like the Lions. Do you think the Lions are a disappointment to Lions fans? They win like six games. <laughs> well, and the Lions are, hey, we saw six wins this year. <laughs> Well, like somehow Browns fans think that every year is going to be different. Somehow Jets fans think that. But I'm like, if I'm going to leave my house, why Jets am I going to lie to themselves? Why am like, I going to go to no a way you could possibly think? Why am I going to go to a worse house than I live in if I'm going to leave my house? <laughs> like, I don't like, know. Maybe the view. I don't know. The, the view ain't on. any better. The view's not. Yeah, any, I don't know. All right. Uh, continuing on these stats, he is one win away if he wins this week, being his tenth Super Bowl. His tenth Super Bowl. Ten. Ten. Uh, and if he would get to another one after that, it would be... Eleven! <laughs> well played. Uh, um, Jake says Broncos are accepting applications. I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they've won Super Broncos Bowls. Are nice. They've won two Super Bowls more recently than my Cowboys have, so I, I can't True. even really make fun of them on that one. Um, Tom Brady has beaten 18 different teams. In the in the postseason, there's only that's more than half the league. Like there's thirty two eighteen teams. different teams. Now, eighteen now different. Now that he's beaten eighteen different teams, let's not forget that uh, he played most like the whole thing in the AFC. Right, he's played all but one year in the AFC. So in the AFC, there are only. Well, there's, there's, there's only sixteen. Teams teams. Yeah, there's there, there, he is, he would have fifteen opponents. In right. the AFC. And think about the number of years they played like... 16, yeah, not 18. I'm good at math. Right, but, he, but you would only math. have 15 opponents because you play for one of those teams. So you got 15 possible opponents plus the teams you played in the Super Bowl. So you, you do... Most of his... Most think about of the his number of times we saw him against the, the, the Colts, times the Steelers. playing a playoff game against the other conference. Yeah, like... Uh, and then they go here, 32 career playoff wins. The next closest quarterback has half of that at 16. <laughs> Who's the next closest? Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't get, I, I didn't. I'm going to assume Montana. I would guess. 
I could be wrong there. I mean, maybe it's a Bradshaw, but I don't think they played as many. I mean, games. it's it's got to be somebody that that, that that's is pretty wild card. I mean, yeah, it's got to be somebody that that's been to been to and probably won numerous Super Bowls. So, like, I can only think Montana, uh, Aikman. Young Aikman. Um, let's see. Um, let me see if I can find it quick here. But uh, game but with Aikman, if you don't remember the Super Bowl, does, did it actually happen? If you don't oh, remember, dude, t- I pulled up that Dan Patrick clip. Like that's absurd, right? How, when he was talking about the the NFC title game, he didn't even remember. Yeah, Troy Aikman got concussed. Basically, the story is, and Dan Patrick uh, had it on his show. He's in, uh, Troy Aikman was talking about the Pat Mahomes injury, and Troy Aikman was talking about an NFC title game that he played in, got concussed during the game. Still to this day, has no recollection of playing in that game. Doesn't remember a piece of it. He, he he could watch it and would be surprised at the outcome, other than the fact he's seen the score and played in the Super Bowl. A week later, by the way, there was no bye week. So, different era of the NFL for show. All right, here for we show. go. Um, w- playoff wins as a quarterback. Tom Brady, 32. There it is. Joe Montana, 16. Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, Peyton Manning, 14. Ben Roethlisberger. I keep Peyton has that many because he would always get to he would he would get to title game the, the title, and title game and game play and the Patriots, <laughs> and then like God is one, and then put together a couple. Of they shows lost to this. They, he lost a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, but he got to a lot of AFC title games to lose to Brady, to lose to Tom. Yeah. You know, and and same thing when he was in Denver, and then you know he he lost a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl there. Um Roethlisberger and Favre have 13. Aikman, Stahlbach, Rodgers, 11. Um, 11! Flacco, 10. Joe Flacco, a 10. Jesus. That's kind of hard to believe. And then, yeah, then you then you start dipping down. Your buddy Kurt Warner with nine. Stupid Kurt Warner. But, yeah, so so Montana's the second at, uh, at, at 16. Um... Then uh, game-winning playoff drives, 13. Playoff losses, 11. (laughs) 11! He has more... 11! He has more game-winning playoff drives with 13 than he does with playoff losses. 11! Um, And then the, the, the final stat that I saw, playoff wins versus NFC opponents. Drew Brees, who has spent most of his career... Uh, in the NFC, at least his successful portion of it, uh, eight. Tom Brady now with eight. <laughs> with eight what? Eight uh, playoff wins versus NFC opponents. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Six Super Bowls, and now now he's beaten Washington and yeah, New Orleans. So now he would. Yeah, he, you know, that's just baffling. It's baffling to believe. I mean, the fourteen number is ludicrous enough. Like the the number of. AFC title game, like, I still remember, like, because, like, the percentage on that, it's 14 out of 19, even at 14 out of 20, is 70%. Right. Like, if even if you take the year he was dead, 14 out of 20, 70%, or, uh, yeah, like, 70%. I, I used to love that stat that, like, you look at, like, some of your best shooters in the NBA that, like, are averaging, like, 68% from the field. Right. Means that if they... Every time they take a jump shot, it's statistically more likely that Tom Brady will play in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> you're right. Then you're going to make that shot. 
statistically. And Jake here says shout out to the Hershey Bears for creating Vitek Vanacek. Yeah, he's uh, he's been. And I know he's given up four tonight, but the the Caps have not really helped him out uh, tonight. He was spectacular in his NHL debut against uh, Buffalo the other night. So he has uh, he has twenty two saves, but some of them have been absolutely incredible. Uh, twenty two saves, barely more. Uh, than the number of uh, title games Tom Brady's played in. Yeah. Um but so like the 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 question comes up and and uh some people we we got into it. We got an empty net goal in Philadelphia, 3 nothing fly. There you go. So if you made that bet, good for you. <laughs> good job. <laughs> good job. Smart play, especially if you took the same bet yesterday and got hosed on it. Maybe made some of that back. <laughs> good job for those folks. Um but you know, I've seen uh, <laughs> Jake says, "Good for you, Sean." <laughs> uh, day one and two in the history of my life betting on NHL hockey—it's excruciating. Um, probably the last two days. But I've seen but you know, I, I've seen people discuss it. You know, the the, the conversation because like when I when I posted about just some of Brady's absurd numbers, of course, like then the question starts coming up of like best ever. Is he the best ever? This is why he's not the best ever. Yes, and like. To me, yes. yes, and because I, I I don't I don't usually like the best ever arguments. Like whenever you talk about like you know Gretzky Lemieux or LeBron Michael or Kobe and and you you know and, now, and then you bring up like Brady versus Montana Marino. Like to me, like I, I don't like them because the eras change so much, and the argument against Brady as the best ever is that they're saying, well, you know, obviously right now, and we, we've talked about it at times is, you know, the, the, the league is set up to, to protect quarterbacks and it's easier to play offense. So like, would Brady have survived getting hit as hard as he would? But like in the same time to in today's NFL, the defensive schemes are a lot harder. The, um, you know, the, the, the caliber of athlete that is playing in the NFL right now far exceeds what was playing when Joe Montana was quarterback far ex- I mean, you had guys that like would go to the locker room and smoke cigarettes and cigars and drink beer like, at halftime. So like, you know, these guys now are like sleeping in hyperbolic chambers to make sure that they're like at 110%, um, you know, this week versus next week. So like, yeah, it's, it's the uh, caps and pens going to overtime and a regulation in Pittsburgh. So like, you know, and 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 like Jay here says, he he played in both eras. Like, yeah, Brady came in, that's um, a, and that's a huge point. Yeah, as Tom the, Brady as the started lead- his career in an era that was very defensive, absolutely, and it was very run like a, it was still a very run friendly league, mm-hmm. and it was a league that had a lot of uh, high caliber rushers. And like, people forget he's been with, he's uh, been a starter for game. twenty years. Go back yeah. twenty years and look at the NFL. Yeah, it's absurd. The, the, like it was the, that was the number of that was now. You know. The, Four years removed from when when the Cowboys last won a Brian Super Bowl Elliott. when it nice was job, Brian Elliott. Shout it, out to Brian Elliott right now. There for you go. A shutout in his first start of the year. Nice job, but Moose. But like four years removed from when it was really the Emmett Smith show in Dallas. When it was, well, the, it, was like, it was that show in the entire league. Yeah, the '90s. When you look at the '90s, it was a running the 90s back league. Were a league that was the other way, where the rules were very in favor. Like it was hard to get away with passing because I mean, guys were dying out there, and the rules were very friendly as far as uh, you know, hit him. <laughs> what, what you were allowed to do in the running game, uh, you know, it was it was there was a lot of um, things that running backs were getting away with they can't now, and and 
you just had these bell cows that would just carry the ball the entire time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why like a lot of your arguably, you know, best running backs came out of that late eighties, early nineties era, uh, of just hammering the rock. And like, but, um, I get, I, I yeah. get, I get people don't want to love Tom Brady. I get it. And, and we've, we've gone over the stats. Chances are for most NFL fans, regardless of what, of what uh, side of the, the league you're on, AFC, NFC, Tom's probably hurt you at some point. I'm a Cowboys fan. He has not hurt me because we have not made it to the Super Bowl. You've never made it in to Tom a Brady's era. They, like the Cowboys have probably played very few games against Tom Brady, even in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, they've never played him in the for Dallas. Never yeah. played him in the playoffs. So the Tom's never hurt me. So I've never had to hate Tom. <laughs> and like, remember that Tom Brady hurt the Eagles uh, with Donovan McNabb. But let let's not forget <laughs> that one of those failures. He may have cut us, but we came back and cut him. You did, and that's what really matters. <laughs> you know, so so it's it's love him or hate him. It's hard to argue with anything. To me, you know, and and to me, when he won when he won his sixth Super Bowl, not even digging into some of these numbers that I didn't even know were out there, like Tom Brady when he when he hit number six because and not that I think that he has as many Super Bowls as the best franchise, right? Pittsburgh Number has six. Super Bowls. Tom Brady has six. Like I, which is why he's not going to stop till he has seven. Exactly. I think he's going to walk with more Super Bowls than any franchise has, and I think he knows it. And he can play enough <laughs> enough years to Ridiculous. probably ridiculous. He there's points this year, especially over the last month, where he has looked better than he has in in the last few seasons. And it, which which is crazy. Yeah. Like, like he's just heating up, and and like. Rings, rings aren't the only argument because, and I always go, like, I always go back to like, if rings are the argument, then Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco are a better quarterback than Dan Marino and Jim Kelly, which just isn't true. Rings are a good tiebreaker. Right. And especially once you start getting into multiples, but like winning one doesn't make you a great quarterback. You're like, ah. But... But I, I I can't I can't and, and I I guess Jake is not a is not a Tom Brady guy, but like to me I I don't think that there is an argument to be made. Well, God damn it, Penguins! Fuck. Get out of here! You gotta be shitting me! I hate the fucking team. Um, but uh, I, there's there's not there's not an argument. There's not an argument to be made that, that, that Tom Brady isn't, isn't the best. There just isn't to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only argument you're going to make is like, like in my opinion, from a, a game to game and a play to play, like, Oh, Jake was rolling his eyes at your Eagles comment. Right. Do I think that, uh, there are better field general, like, like, cause if you ask me, I'm going to build, like we're, we're starting their careers. I'm going to build a franchise. We're going to pretend the NFL, you know, uh, doesn't already have these teams in place in the coaching set. And I got to pick like Peyton Manning uh, or Tom Brady. Like I, I still am a guy that thinks like if I'm putting somebody on the field for my franchise at his prime, I want Peyton Manning. Like I, I, I just do. I, I think I've never, I, I've never seen anybody with as much control and mastery of what, like of what defense that he put in so much work. And I'm not saying Tom doesn't, but, but Peyton, you could tell, Tom knew what defenses or Peyton knew what defenses were going to do 
before that defensive player knew it. And he would call audibles and make signals until you gave it away. If he didn't know what you were going to, he would make you tell him and you, and he would make you pay for it. I, I think Peyton Manning would make a phenomenal coach. I don't think he ever will because I think he's entertaining. He can make way more money and have longevity doing broadcasting. But right now, the guy's made a fortune already. What's he need to do any of that for? Uh, but but Peyton Manning just understands the game, and, and I see that uh, the Marcus agreed with me there. Also agrees with me, Jake, on the uh, field general period. Uh, but when you're talking all of that combined, because the bottom line is field general or not, knowing the game or not, he didn't do it. Did he have as good a teams around him? Did he have as good a coaches? That's a whole separate discussion, but he didn't do it. Right. So, you know, you, you know, push came to shove. He was there. He was in the playoffs. Guess who was there and did better? Tom. So, you know, do I think Tom is, you know, even in the top five field generals of all time? I, I, I don't even know if he makes my top five. It'd be close. But there's a lot of guys that didn't have the rings, and, and it's hard when you're talking about best QB ever to not include – these numbers that we're talking about on this show, uh, Tom, uh, you know, you want to Tom equals goat. And I don't think it's close. I would put Tom in a category of like a Wayne Gretzky where it's like, you can tell me all these other guys that you think played better at points or like, you know, all these other things. And, you know, obviously Mario had the, like, you know, the, the, the cancer that came into play and, and cut his career short. Maybe it would have been a lot closer. Um, but, um, but when you look at statistics and things, there, there's certain statistics that tip the scales for Gretzky, and there's certain ones that that aren't even close uh, in tipping them for Tom. Yeah, all right. So, like, Foles is like a close two. Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, get distant two. All, all right, right, let's uh, let's go to Championship Weekend. Of course, AFC Championship, NFC Championship uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, Sean, we both went two and two uh, this past week, so I guess that would mean you're guaranteed to beat me. Ooh, it was uh, Crosby too. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Ugh, I don't want to talk that about sucks, it. Sucks, man. Um, so we both went two and two. I'm 36, 37 on the year. You were 40 and 33 on the year. So even at best, I could get to 39, and you you would hit 40. So you have you have already beaten me uh, in the NFL. Like I said, it's hard to argue with statistics. <laughs> um, but let's uh, start with the NFC Championship game. Uh, the those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, at the Green Bay Packers, four-point home favorite, 50 is your over-under. This one at Sunday at uh, 3.05 Eastern time on Fox. I want to check the weather because I know like they were talking about that um, this past weekend. How Tom played his whole career in New England. Well, right. Like, I guess that was the thought I had, too, because they're like, well, it's going to be a lot colder in Green Bay next weekend than it was because I guess this past You don't week- say. It's wasn't gonna be that bad in Green Bay in January than it is in Tampa. Well, that's that's a very bold. A chance prediction. of snow, cloudy, high near twenty nine. That's not that cold for Green Bay in January. Doesn't matter. These guys can play in the cold. And still, they, yeah. Like, Tom Tom wears that. Uh, he wears the people. The, people he act wears like the scuba because suit. It's Green Bay those players like playing in the cold. Nobody likes playing in the cold. You get a little more used to it, I guess. But like, Aaron Rodgers would much rather play this game in front of a home crowd in like. <laughs> like if he could just move the whole crowd to like uh, the beach, he'd be fine. Oh yeah, I but I mean, so like, but like Brady's gonna put on his uh, scuba suit or whatever, and he's gonna be fine. He's he's done this his entire career. Um, yeah, the, the, don't sell me on the weather. The weather doesn't sound bad enough to make it worth no, uh, changing no. my choice. Um, but uh, for me, you know, I, I think yes, the Packers have probably have definitely been the most consistent. 
uh, and best team in the NFC. But but I've talked about you know Tampa over the last month of the regular season and now into the playoffs. Their defense is playing extremely well. Um, so to me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tampa to cover. I think they're gonna win this game. I think Brady's gonna get to the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, I figure, why the hell not? The world's on fire anyway. Why not let the sports burn it down too? See people lose their mind over Brady getting back to another Super Bowl. Um, but I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna go under here. I think. I think if the, if Tampa is going to do this, they're obviously going to have to control the Packers' offense. I don't think you can. I don't think you the, the you can win a shootout uh, against the Packers' offense the way it's been clicking. So to do what you've can, been doing um, over the past few weeks. And in the in the postseason, and that is limit your opponent. Uh, so I have the Bucks to cover and to win this game, but I'm going under. No, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. It's it's real hard. Like no, hell I, no. I had I had my pick like ready lined up, and then I just sat here for twenty minutes milking Tom's teats and whatever else. <laughs> Um, so it's real hard to go from that into picking. Oh against him, my! But it's not that hard. Uh, it, the the Packers have on on my um, on my list been been a, a top two team uh, in the NFL the entire time. They've done nothing to show me that they don't belong there. Aaron Rodgers is playing at an elite level, uh, a level that's even beyond what he's been doing for the past few years. Devontae Adams, by the way. Brag all week about shutting down Michael Thomas and then talk to me about what you do to Devontae Adams because they're very similar players. One is healthy, the other is not. And um, we'll see what Devontae does to you. Made uh, Jalen Ramsey look kind of silly on on several plays uh, to get through the Rams, who, by the way, played a pretty good game. I think the Rams uh, did as much as they could have, you know, and a few balls bounced their way. I I think they're right right in that to to take the game. I, I thought they... They at least put themselves in a position to to have a chance to win. Uh, they just needed help. Like the, you, you need like a bounce of a ball when you're up when you're stacked up against a team like that. I don't think the, the Buccaneers are in quite the same scenario. They obviously have uh, a good team on both sides of the ball, but I I, I just I don't see anyone, uh, even teams that are starting to shut down the Packers, like they just become inventive and and find ways to break you. And and it just it just works. And that defense has played well enough, and I think is playing about as good as they have all year. It, it, it's not at the level of, of some of these other defenses that are still around, but the Packers defense is good enough uh, to to force some mistakes. And, and I don't even think they need to. I think even if it's just a back and forth Rocky Four style slugfest, uh, the Pack still cover and the Pack still win. Uh, and I'll take the over. All right, then uh, let's see here. Jake has the Pack and the Bills uh, in the Super Bowl. He says he's going to lock that down. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Technically, it he up. said lock it down. Well, I'm not sure what I don't, I don't. I don't have a lock it down sound. There's here, a so. storm coming. you got to <laughs> lock it down. Uh, let's go to the AFC Championship. Of course, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, question if – uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to yeah, play or not? Pick real hard. Um, I think th- I think this line is going to move. Obviously, if he does get cleared uh, to play, you, you know th- this is uh, this is two and a half home favorite uh, with Pennsylvania's own Chad Henney. Uh, Boom! Yeah, in this house, we we love Chad Henney. Uh, Fifty three and a half is your over under uh, Sunday at six forty. 
uh, on uh, on CBS. Um, you know, I, I said it in the game uh, after the, the Colts game. Uh, and it was funny because most of the year I kind of doubted the Bills. And then I finally bought in. And then for two games in the postseason, I mean, they've done enough to win. Don't get me wrong. They've done enough to win, which which in some cases is all you have to do. But finally I buy in on them. And then for the last two weeks, they started to look like the team that I made. The question a little bit early on, um, you know, in the season over your first like six, eight weeks. Um, now, obviously, they, they will be in a much better position in this in this game if Patrick Mahomes cannot go. But I, I, I just like to help you as of uh, an article posted uh, six hours ago out of uh, um, it looks like this one is sources from Adam Schefter originally is that Pat Mahomes cleared some big steps okay. remains in the protocol, but is going to return to practice as early as Wednesday. So like not saying that means he's going to play, but he will apparently be practicing as of Wednesday. So doesn't really change anything. Still in the protocol. Takes a lot to get cleared. Sure. So so I mean it, it's it's looking a little bit more likely that he that he's probably gonna go. If he's close to healthy, um you know he's 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 gonna go. There, there's not there's not a question there. Um so but even still, I'm going on under the assumption as we sit here tonight, uh, because again, if, if you're not listening to this live, we, we are live on Tuesday, so a lot's going to change between now and Sunday evening. Um, but even with, even with the, uh, with, with Chad Henney, um, I just like this Chiefs team more. I mean, first off, Andy Reid and, and, and that coaching staff clearly not afraid to uh, show how big their balls are, even with Chad Henney under center. Oh no! You go to that Pack fourth down there. play. Put him in the he's he's standing there in in shotgun, and I'm like, okay, they're just they're gonna try and get they're gonna try and get the Browns to jump, and then they're gonna either call a timeout or take the take the delay a game and then punt. And sure enough, they they snapped it. They ran that play. Nothing the Browns could do in that situation. So like, there's 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 a degree of faith there. I mean, like. Yes, Chad Henney is basically a career backup. I know he started a little bit in Miami. He started a little bit in Jacksonville. But, like, you don't spend, you know, 10-plus years in the NFL if you're not good enough, you know, to be a capable backup. So, like, you could do a lot worse if, if if you have to roll with Chad Henney for this game. Uh, it's going to be up to the defense. It's going to, you know, the, the Bills don't have a run game, so you just have to limit Stephon Diggs. Uh, I like Honey Badger's ability to uh, to make some plays in that secondary. So I'm going with the Chiefs. Whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Chad Henney under center, I'm going with the Chiefs to cover and to make it back to the Super Bowl again. Um, I'm going to go over either way because, I mean, the Bills are going to score points, so the Chiefs are going to have to do it as well. Yeah, I, I I don't know how to handle this, but I pretty much agree with uh, with everything you said. I I I think I kind of agree with Jake. I, th- I think if there's if there's ever been a time where we maybe bend the rules on some concussion protocol, at least some late stages of it, this may be the time. Uh, I feel like 
the league needs Patrick Mahomes more than they – I mean, they don't need him to survive, and people aren't going to not watch it if he doesn't play. They may watch it even more if he doesn't. But he he's the guy bringing the young kids in. He's the guy bringing people to the TV. He's the guy selling the shirts. Uh, so I, I feel like it's kind of one of those scenarios um, where, uh, where where the league may secretly – uh, or not so secretly, uh, bend some rules. But I'm with you. Chad Henney, Pat Mahomes, I, huge difference, but it is my uh, it's my coach. <laughs> it's my coach, Big Red, Andy Reid, only coach ever to host three consecutive championship games in both the NFC and the AFC. Not too shabby. Um, instant Hall of Famer when he's eligible. Um, one of the best of all time. Uh, unfortunately, not even probably the best of his generation, only because the guy up in New England keeps winning goddamn Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, right, like again, we we the, talked about championships being a tiebreaker. Ring scenario again. Uh, Andy Reid's one of the best game day coaches I've seen. He's one of the best halftime adjusters I've seen. Uh, and I think whatever scenario he's in, he always puts his team in a position to win. Uh, and I think that um. It's going to be a lot of pressure for Buffalo to go out there. Uh, you don't have the mafia in the stands behind you. Don't get me wrong. There's probably going to be a few of them there. And if they're not there, they're going to be in the parking lot throwing snowballs or whatever else is out there. Lighting tables uh, on fire. Breaking tables, lighting things on fire. That's exactly what's going to happen outside the stadium. But inside, um, it's going to be a very different ball game. I think that there's a lot of pressure on them, much like the Browns, where it's like, you're finally here. Don't screw this up. You know, that kind of, uh, you know, it's hard when you're a team that hasn't had success in a long time to to start having success. You kind of need to get close and have a speed bump. This is a big speed bump. Uh, I, I like the Chiefs. I like the over. I'm with you on both counts. Um, and I'm going to lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Got have locked up the Packers, but it didn't seem fair. I didn't <laughs> – I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel confident either way. Uh, I should have locked up Brady because I've always been a, a Brady defender. As much as people don't uh, don't like him, I've always liked to defend him. Um, but uh, so there it is. We will find out uh, this weekend who is going to play uh, in the uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, finally, here, Sean. Before we close this thing out. Uh, End of the first week in the in the NHL season. Um, we're 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 kind of you know getting a feel for how this thing is. Uh, is shaping out uh, with the the two game series um, b- between each team. So you know, like the Caps had two in Buffalo, two in Pittsburgh. Now they return home. Uh, the Flyers have had two back to back home stands. Um, we did have our first COVID cancellation for teams that have played. Now Dallas started the year late because of, uh, as we talked about last week, some some COVID positives beforehand. Uh, the Predators and the Hurricanes. Can, had to cancel today. Uh, four players reportedly test positive for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, so, you know, the NHL, you know, they did a tremendous job in the bubble. Um, you know, a week in and you only have two teams really that had to cancel games or postpone games uh, because of positive so far, uh, a decent start. Uh, and it's something the NHL is going to have to, you know, because look at the NBA right now. The NBA you really you have to start questioning are they going to have to bubble the season are they going to have to pause the season uh you know and, and things like that i know i don't know 
what the NBA's you know road policy is, but I know the NHL uh, players can't leave their hotels or anything. Like I know, um, like the Avalanche, they were talking today. Like they have they have like monopoly games and stuff, so guys can play in the hotels because they can't leave. Uh, the only place you can leave is go to the uh, is go to the the arena to practice, and then you go back. Like there's no no nothing. Like they have it pretty locked down. Jake here says have to bubble. I think the NBA is going to have to do that because it just they seem like they they've kind of lost control of the thing. Um, so for 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 the NHL, you know, week in, um, a few teams have had fans. I think Arizona uh, has had fans. The Florida Panthers have had a limited number of fans, but that is nothing new. I, I figure that's just a normal crowd uh, down there in Sunrise, Florida. I saw the Blues uh, the other night. Did uh, they had three hundred? Frontline workers uh, were there. Most teams, though, still going completely fanless uh, to start the season, which I think is the smarter play. But, you know, same, same as the the playoff bubble, it has felt like the National Hockey League. You know, I think the, the, the pace of play has been decent. I think teams are starting to find their legs now a week in after not having any preseason. Um, so for teams with, with new coaching systems, and I think – you know that like the Caps, they blew a, a three to one lead tonight, end up losing in overtime. Uh, you know, I, I chalk that up to they have a completely new system, new guys. You didn't have a chance to work things out in the in the preseason, so I'm not I'm not freaking out yet. Um, but you know, it's it's felt like NHL hockey, and I think the the league's done a really good job. NBC and and uh, broadcasts have done a really good job to make it look and feel like the, the National Hockey League that we know. Oh yeah, I, I, watching the NHL's product has been spot on. Uh, as, as much as it, it it pains hardcore fans to not be able to go to games, I mean, hockey's one of the sports that you know you, you're going to miss more than others. Uh, I feel like um, you know it, it, it's the, the downside. Obviously, is for the players having the crowd there is always a a big motivator, and you know to kind of we talked about it going into the bubble last year, what it can do for you know home advantage and and lack of home advantage and those other things. Uh, and kind of you know level the playing field a little bit, so to speak. But um, NHL looks good; looks like a good product. Uh, very few cases. Uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see here. You know, with the uh, with one game suspended uh, due to some risk, um, it, it, we're, we're going to get to see you know what their reaction looks like and and how it's handled and how quickly it gets back on track. Uh, as long as that goes according to plan, then then I think. Um, I think you're in good shape. You know, I think you're kind of aware, like, hey, this is how quick it happens, guys. Like, you know, no, no, no turning back. But, but, uh, but yeah, NBA is on the other foot, man. I, I, it makes the NBA like, I mean, for for the the people trying to pick a winner or, or or pick a champion or all these other things, you can pick all the people you want. But if that virus strikes at the wrong time, uh, it's going to yeah. get real interesting. You know, and obviously, you know, you get to a point where it's playoff time or it's whatever. Obviously, they've proven that they can put it into a bubble. Uh, and players are aware of what that bubble, those bubble rules uh, require. You know, no strip club wings and such. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, they they haven't really shown a uh, an ability to control. That's the thing. I think or, I saw. I think I saw from the NBA this past week. Like they have stricter guidelines about like who can and can't um, like visit like the team hotel. And I'm like, what? Why? Did they have Who's visiting the team hotel? Right, like why was that not in place from the jump? Yeah, 
I, I just, it just doesn't seem like like we're 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 ten months like they they have the take. rules in place. It doesn't seem like the repercussions are strict enough, and I don't. Um, we're we're ten I months don't... into the pandemic. Like, how do you not know? Don't have anybody outside your bubble. Like when when you're when you go into that team hotel, that's your bubble, quote unquote. Don't have anybody outside that bubble in inside the hotel. Like. Why is this Build hard? Your bubble. Like why? Why is that hard to understand? <laughs> like, and I mean, I, I I don't know what it's like to have a near infinite supply of money, and I don't know what it's like not. to be allowed to go anywhere you want. Uh, and maybe it's just that hard. Maybe it's like the spoiled kid that like finally goes somewhere, and they're like, "You're not allowed to do what you want anymore," and they're like, they just throw tantrums. I don't. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they try to sneak around. I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I've never been that person, but all I know is if I was if I'm the owner, because the owners make way more <laughs> right. of this than the players do, and if I'm the owner looking at it like, man, if they shut down the season, I'm out this much money. Or man, if we don't start winning games and make the playoffs, uh, I'm out this much money. I'm gonna like if you don't follow the rules, you're 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 fired or you owe me money. Like the <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you have to be the boss. You're because you're the boss. So uh, asking teams to build their own bubble and to make their own rules is not out of line. It's not wrong. It's it's what should be done. And these teams, if they want to protect their shot at making the play, because you got to get to the bubble for the bubble to work. So you know, uh, you know, if teams get a lot of these cases and start forfeiting games, and like you know, you may see some good teams that don't quite get there because they can't get their uh, their act together. And Jake here says, being away from the family, NBA players have rings for their removal, and the family does not. Yeah, and like that's the thing too is like when when you're in these situations because like I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan, you know. If, if you're a wrestling fan, check out Three Count Thursday on Thursday nights uh, on our Facebook page, uh, our our podcast. But like the WWE's been in similar situations. Like their 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 champion right now has has been out. right down the road. Yeah, like they like, but he's been out with COVID. But like in the same time, like I've seen. Like Instagram videos of like wrestlers out at like bar- at, at like bars and restaurants having like these big like birthday parties and like you know like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair are, like and Ric Flair's like been uh, involved like in a storyline uh, like with his daughter and um and like he's out at a bar with like Hulk Hogan watching football on a Sunday and I'm going the WWE like they do testing obviously like they they test their, but like they can they can do all the measures they want when it comes to bringing people into that, into their bubble at the, at their arena. But it's also the responsibility of the, of the people and their families when you're away from, you know, Monday night raw or Friday night SmackDown. It's a, it's the responsibility of these players and their families like, and, and to, to make better choices because like, yeah, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's gotta be great to have a ton of money and to be able to do whatever you want. But the bottom line is like, if you don't play these games, you're not going to make money this year. So, like, yeah, and I don't think anybody's really painted the picture for some of these sports that you're seeing in the NFL, where the longer it goes without fans, the less the money's coming in. Right, salary caps are closing. Salary caps are going to shrink and shrink, and teams aren't going to be able to pay these players. And, and the, like the NBA doesn't make as much money as the NFL restructure. Yeah, they, like, these guys are like think like, why well, have this contract? It's like, well, I got news for you, Captain. If they lower that salary cap, and we can't afford you. We're just gonna have to let you go. Yeah, 
Like you're gonna have to restructure and, for and, less money. And all of those other, yeah, right, because all of those other teams are in the same boat. Also, can't afford you. So if you want to play, so and don't make... buy the fourth home. <laughs> right. don't, you know, don't Evander Kane yourself. Mm. What a shame that is. Evander Kane uh, bankrupt. Unreal. Uh, great center signed a fifty million dollar contract a few years ago. Like, I, no money. Nothing. Like. Zero dollars. And I under, well, like bankrupt means that like you you can't afford what you have. So like it's not you saying spend more you you've spent more and right. Owe like more it's not saying that he doesn't have it, but he have, has a yes. like a fifty million dollar salary, and he he's bankrupt. Yikes! Well, it's fifty million over seven years, so you got to break ah, that so down. A little se- bit. I mean, seven million a year, a couple million that's, a year, yeah. That's still a lot of money. Um, I mean, I guess it is. I mean, it's not it's not you know our money, but. Yeah. You know, a few people get to live with what we make. Sure, absolutely. Um, but uh yeah, I've enjoyed the NHL product. Uh we'll obviously keep tabs on it and uh and the NBA sure. uh here moving forward. So Sean, before we close out, let people know where they can follow you and we're gonna get on out of here. Well, you can always follow me at Sean Shine State. That's S H A W N Shine State, uh down here in uh, the great city of St. Petersburg. Uh closing out with some sports history. Uh, for the week, uh, this day in sports history, uh, back in um, back in 1903, a new bicycle race was formed. The Tour de France in 1903 was announced today. Uh, and there it goes. And uh, in 1952, big moment for the PGA today. Uh, in 1952 today, the PGA approved allowing black participants uh, for the first time. So obviously, uh, you know, that led to one of the greats of all time being able to play um, and, and uh, yeah, integration into the PGA. So really great day for the PGA in history. Uh, that's all I have to add. Enjoy your football this weekend. Enjoy the hockey. Uh, hopefully you can keep enjoying basketball. Uh, just keep it safe. Keep it honest. And uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. You can follow me at Big Dream Sports. Make sure you're following the show at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook and Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. Instagram is at Huddle Up Pod. Uh, subscribe to us on uh, all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Um, you know, tomorrow, big day in uh, this country's history. Um, no matter what side you are on, um, remember that not only tomorrow, but every other day we have to live with each other. So be good to each other and, uh, and, and always remember that until next week, guys, uh, enjoy the football, enjoy the sports, uh, stay safe, stay smart and go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?